Let's open the Scriptures together to the book of Exodus, and then Leviticus. We'll start in Exodus chapter 27. And as I mentioned in the prayer, we'll be looking particularly at the gospel contained in the bronze altar of burnt offering. And the Holy Spirit tells us about that first in Exodus 27, verses 1 through 8, and then in Leviticus chapter 6. There the word of the Lord reads, chapter 27 of Exodus, You shall make the altar of acacia wood five cubits long and five cubits broad. The altar shall be square, and its height shall be three cubits. And you shall make horns for it on its four corners. Its horns shall be of one piece with it, and you shall overlay it with bronze. You shall make pots for it to receive its ashes, and shovels and basins and forks and firepans. You shall make all its utensils of bronze. You shall also make for it a grating, a network of bronze, and on the net you shall make four bronze rings at its four corner, corners. And you shall set it under the ledge of the altar so that the, neck, the net extends halfway down the altar. And you shall make poles for the altar, poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with bronze. And the poles shall be put through the rings so that the poles are on the two sides of the altar when it is carried. You shall make it hollow with boards. As it has been shown you on the mountain, so shall it be made. We turn now to Leviticus chapter 6, page 108 in your pew Bible. Leviticus 6, and we'll read the verses 8 through 13. Where we receive more instruction about the, this particular altar. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth, on the altar, all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and put his linen undergarment on his body, and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire has reduced the burnt offering on the altar, and put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it and shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out." So far, the reading of God's Word. The text for this morning comes from our reading in Leviticus, chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 13. Where the Lord says this about the altar of burnt offering, fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually, it shall not go out. 
After the, the preaching of the Word, we'll sing together hymn 34, all four stanzas. Saints of God, in our Lord Jesus Christ, a few weeks ago when I preached to you on the clothing of the high priest, you might remember the, the ephod and the breastpiece and the two onyx stones on his shoulders, then I explained that those things and many things like them are all part of God's way of teaching Israel and us about the Messiah, the Messiah that was to come, the Messiah who has come then, and all of His work of salvation. And it's a bit like show and tell. Maybe the kids will know this, this game or this activity at school, show and tell, where the kids are asked by their teacher to bring in some special object that's uh, something special for them, and then they let the other kids in class see that object. It's usually something that means something to the student, and most others haven't seen something like it before. And then the, the student gets to stand in front of the class and hold that object up, and then after a little bit of showing comes the telling. The student gets to tell what that is all about, what the meaning of it is or what its significance is. Well, in a certain way, the Lord did something like that with many of the, the special things that He brought forward in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, you could say, was a time mostly of showing. Certainly there was some explaining, but there was a great deal of showing before the explanation came. Later in the New Testament, even earlier in the prophets, but especially in the New Testament, God did a lot more telling. He did a lot more explaining about what these visual things were all about. The Old Testament had a lot of things to see, pictures and symbols which were filled with, with deeper meaning. And we saw that with respect to the clothing of the high priest. The clothing was a picture of, of the, what the great high priest would one day come to do. He would one day come and he would carry on his heart not just a symbol of the people, but the people themselves. And he would carry them into the presence of the Lord, not just symbolically, but quite literally in his spirit, carry them into the Lord, his God, his Father in heaven. And we know that special high priest was the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Well, another one of these special pictures that God used in the Old Testament was the tabernacle and all the pieces of furniture that He commanded to be made in that tabernacle, like the bronze altar of our text. The bronze altar is one of those rich symbols, or as the New Testament calls it, a shadow, a shadow that shows us in a picture form something about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning we, we hope to see how the, the bronze altar of the tabernacle, how it connects to the table of the Lord in that both of them point us to Jesus. And so I proclaim to you this Word of God, see the shadow of Jesus 
in the bronze altar. See the shadow of Jesus in the bronze altar. We'll take note of two things. It pictures the fire of judgment, and it pictures the grace of substitution. Before we talk about the bronze altar itself, let's just talk for a minute about that idea that, uh, of the concept of shadow. The New Testament uses that word a few times, that idea to describe these symbols. They, the New Testament says these are all shadows. We're not used to thinking in terms of shadows. What, what is meant by that expression, shadow? Well, we all know about shadows, right? If somebody were to shine a, a lamp in a dark room and you were standing in front of that lamp, your body would cast a shadow on the wall next to you. So a shadow is a kind of a picture in itself, only it's a dark picture. It is something you can see, but you can't see all the detail of the original that casts the shadow. Well, that's kind of how the Bible intends it to be understood. A shadow casts a silhouette. You, you get to see something of the original that's behind the shadow, but you, you can't see it with all of its color, with all of its detail. You can't see it in all of its splendor. You're just getting a basic picture. Well, this is what Scripture is talking about when it says that Christ is foreshadowed in the ceremonies and symbols of the law, the tabernacle, the ceremonies. We can't see everything about Christ, but we certainly do see something about Christ. They're all pointing us to the Messiah. And the first piece of furniture in this tabernacle that an Israelite would encounter is this bronze altar of burnt offering. You might remember that the the tabernacle was commended by God Himself, and in that tabernacle, He dwelt. That was His home. We're going to see that as we, over the coming celebrations of the Lord's Supper, we're going to look at all these different pieces of furniture in God's house. And you have to think of it as God's house. He's welcoming, or He's, he's at least uh, bringing in His people into His house. But the first piece of furniture, then, is that bronze altar. Inside the most holy place, you know, is the ark. And in the, the holy place, there are three pieces of furniture, the golden lampstand, the altar of incense, and the table of showbread. Outside that curtain, in the, the outer courtyard, which the Israelites could see, they, they would come in the, the, the very exterior curtain, and the first thing they would see is the bronze altar. You could not get into, the priests could not get into the tabernacle proper unless they went through, so to speak, the bronze altar. And there was a deliberate message in that arrangement. No priest representing the people could gain access to the holy God. They could not get close to the holy God unless they dealt with that altar. And what was that altar all about? Well, the big message was it's a... It's an altar that requires death, sacrifice. A life had to be sacrificed before you could go into the presence of the Almighty. And this altar was imposing. 
It was the biggest piece of furniture in the tabernacle complex. We read it, five cubits square, three cubits high. That's roughly seven and a half feet wide by seven and a half feet long, four and a half feet tall. It was big. And it was imposing. It was fierce looking because, as our text says, fire had to be kept burning on it continually. This was the eternal flame of the Old Testament. God repeats it and he emphasizes it. At the door to my dwelling place, there must always be a fire on my altar. To get to God, you have to go through the everlasting flame. And that, brothers and sisters, is what Jesus did. Can you begin to see his shadow? A little something of his silhouette here. The fire is a symbol of the wrath of God, of God's anger, his judging anger against sin, your sin and mine. His holy anger burns eternally against sin and sinners. But our Savior went willingly into that fire so that you and I might get a free pass into the holy place. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord Jesus began to drink from the cup of his Father's wrath. And then on the cross, in the three hours of pitch blackness, he endured the full outpouring of God's eternal wrath. He was in the flame on the cross. The cross at that moment became the altar of burnt offering. It became the judging fire of God's wrath, and Jesus hung there as our substitute. He hung there as the sacrifice who died in our place. For that's the other thing. As much as the bronze altar pictures the, the fire of God's judgment and wrath against sin, as much as it reminds us of the barrier of our sin, it also pictures the barrier being taken down and the door into God's presence being opened wide. For God commanded that on that altar of burnt offering should be placed not His people, but a substitute. In the Old Testament, it was an animal substitute. Every time a worshiper approached God at his tabernacle, he would come with an animal, a lamb or a goat. He would visibly be reminded that while death is the punishment for his sin, God was, has chosen not to exact the punishment from the worshiper, but from a substitute from that burnt offering. And maybe you notice that on top of that fire, which was to burn day and night, there had to be something else. There had to be a sacrifice, says Leviticus, through the whole night. So in the daytime, individual worshipers, Israelites, would come and they would offer their own personal sacrifice for their own personal sins. But every night, it was to be different. Leviticus 6, verse 9 the burnt offering shall be on the hearth, on the altar, all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. So all through the night, and you might remember that the, the 
people were camped all around the tabernacle. That was also by God's design. The tabernacle was in, the, in a certain spot near the center. All through the night, the people camped around the tabernacle. They had to see the glow of the flame. Not only that, they had to smell the offering, the sweet fragrance of the sacrifice going up to the Lord. And they could know that the substitute was eternally being offered for them. And they could lay their heads down in peace, brothers and sisters, knowing that the fire of God's wrath was satisfied with the grace of somebody else's sacrifice. And isn't that exactly what we're celebrating here this morning? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, laid Himself down on the cross once for all time that you and I might be assured of our peace with God. We can sleep in peace. We can live in peace. And isn't it something that the Lord did this in the night hours? He had that symbol going through the night. Why the night? Well, isn't it often that at night we become our weakest spiritually? At night, it's often some of the darkest hours we have to endure. We can feel the furthest from God at night. We can feel the most unworthy of His love in the dark. We can feel the most unlikely to be saved when the darkness is around us. In those moments, brothers and sisters, then do what the Israelites were encouraged to do, but do it in the eye of your mind. Look to that flame. Take another look at that everlasting flame on that altar and remember that the offering burned on it through the night because the offering that burned on it through the night is a picture of Jesus. That's your Savior. His sacrifice counts for all time. It's an eternal, eternally valuable sacrifice. He went through the everlasting night for you and for me so that you can take courage that your peace with God remains steadfast even when you are weak, even in the darkness, even when you think you don't deserve it. The Lord's sacrifice counts for you. That's what the shadow's all about. From the bronze altar, it points to the wooden cross which points to this simple table. Let's remember and celebrate and take courage in Christ our Lord. Amen.